the spoiler log and a link to the past randomizer podcast. I'm your host, Dante. We do have a few bits of news I want to talk about real fast. Uh, if you're in the Tark Discord, it appears that Fear has announced that they have added some mods, which is great. I think that's good potentially to moderate uh, conversations there. I know mods moderating. What a novel concept. But uh, but no, I think that's quite essential. Uh, I'm really excited to see um, Cody, Sinak, Muffins all being bot overlords. Very happy for them. Um, they're all really smart people. So looking forward to seeing what could come out of that. And I'm glad to know that there's uh, a cheating force being put in place. It's great. Uh, some people may ask me by listening to this, say, Dante, don't you know what's going on? I don't. Um, I did own the server. I made the server. And uh, I was going to hang on to it long enough to allow things to get established. And it seems like they're doing that. Uh, earlier this week, I just went ahead and turned it over to Homemade Beer. And he's now server owner. So I have no stake in it whatsoever anymore. The only stake I have now is being a member of the community. And I think that's totally fine. Uh, it's very different. Uh, I, I kind of said this to the admins, um, or at least a few of them. I, I care way too much about the silly little community. And so I wanted, I really wanted to make sure everything got off the ground. Uh, I was a little worried about the process, but those five and everybody they're bringing on board seem to be super smart. And, you know, it's kind of like stuff with your kids. You can't just, you can't handhold too much. And if I tried to, I think it would fail. So I'm glad we just turned everything over and I'm looking forward to how they handle things going forward. I don't think there's going to be a lot for them to do. Honestly, uh, I think just kind of having procedures established is going to be the most work. And then when the time comes, they, they utilize them. So kind of like how the council used to, but yeah, I think it's going to be great. Super excited for them and the community. I think we're in a great spot and I'm looking forward to where we're going from here. League signups are going to be concluding at the end of this week. As one of the league admins, I'm really excited about this. The league getting ready to kick off yet again. And uh, it seems like a lot of people are really excited about joining. And I'm super excited for how this all shakes out. Uh, additionally, we've added new admins and mods over, or I should say a new admin and new mods uh, to the league team. I'm really excited for Lou Maga. He's been a longtime mod for the league, and he's done a lot of great things in the community. So I'm glad to have him on the admin team. I think the rest of us are as well. We also have some new mods for the league, and I'm really excited about that uh, with PH, Hawk59, Homemade Beer, and Jesse, uh, Radical Sniper 99 So the additions there, I think, are going to be good for us just to help deal with some of the Discord day-to-day and some of the schedule stuff as far as getting those team names and all. So super excited to have them on board. Really, really looking forward to the league. That's going to be coming up here in just a very short amount of time. All right. Well, I've talked a lot and I don't normally like to talk a lot before these. I did kind of want to say my piece about Tark. I did want to give that disclaimer. I have nothing to do with it anymore, like I said. Um, but today's episode is, if you've already read the title, Artie Walsh. And I was very excited that he actually agreed to come on the show. I've never really interacted with Walsh that much prior to this. 
And I just know he's been around at the GMP community for a long time and the rando scene in general. So uh, I wanted to reach out and offer him an opportunity. And, you know, I was so thankful he said, yes, our conversation's great. I'm not going to keep hyping it up. I'll just let you guys listen to it. Let's jump right on into it. Today's guest on the spoiler log is Artie Walsh. How's it going today? I'm doing quite all right, Dante. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. Uh, first off, thanks for, for joining me for this. I, I wasn't sure when I sent the invitation if you'd actually accept or not, but uh, I'm, I'm really glad to have you here. Yo, no worries at all. Um, you're going to learn that I enjoy talking about myself, so this is, you know, perfect. Oh, great. Uh, th- yeah. This is going to be fantastic. Um, so I guess let's let's, you know, turn the clock back. Uh, tell me, tell me like how gaming has been a part of your life. Uh, were games big in your life growing up? Uh, so games were pretty big in my life growing up. Um, I remember, so like the first time I like ever like, uh, played video games, um, it was actually on an ice fishing trip that my dad took me on. Um, and you know, like, I remember like, you know, sitting out in the cold and, you know, you're supposed to, you know, like learn stuff like, you know, patience and discipline ice fishing. But I was also like four or five years old and I was very bored. Um, so my main memory from being on that fishing trip is just going to the car and my cousin handing me his Game Boy and it's just some like random soccer game, like World Cup soccer game. I think I played as Cameroon because I really liked the team name. And I just remember <laughs> thinking, this is so much better than ice fishing. What are we doing out there? Let's just stay in the car and play video games, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's that sounds so relatable for me, especially as yeah. a kid. Uh, ice fishing. I've never done that, but that sounds pretty, pretty miserable. Uh, all things considered. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I, I live in Minnesota, and it's, like, something that you have to do at least, like, once over the course of your life, and I'm just glad I got it in early. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so so you played a, a Game Boy soccer game. That's, uh, I guess that's your first memory. Do you, do you recall, right. um, like, did you play any other games with it, or was that, like, literally the, the, the ice fishing is tied to uh, the soccer at this point? Yeah, that's pretty much, like, the only interaction I had with my cousin's Game Boy. Um, it wasn't until, like, a... Christmas later that year. So January that year was a fishing trip. And then like, you know, all the way back in December, um, my cousins had moved out of my uncle's house and this was like 95, 96. So like the PlayStation was out, the N64 was out. So they didn't really need to bring the Super Nintendo with them to college. So my uncle for Christmas that year handed down the Super Nintendo and that came with a, yeah, it came with like a boxing game that I cannot remember the title of because I never actually played it because I also had Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo and Super Mario All-Stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, so those were like the two like big games that we got with that. And um, like, you know, I was like six or seven at the time and I was the only person I was like playing games with was like my older sister. Um, my younger sister, we just gave her the TV remote and told her to go nuts. Um, but yeah, my older sister like actually like learned how to play as Chun Li, and I could only like button mash with Dalsim, so she just like kicked my ass every time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like uh, everyone, every kid's go to back in the day was Dalsim, just because it was so much easier to button mash. Because you know, when you've got like extending arms and legs, it it makes <laughs> it feels like you yeah. have an advantage. <laughs> He, you know, he just seems so powerful. Like, he's stretching all over the place. He looks so cool when the computer plays him. And then, like, I just got him. And it's like, sometimes he would do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, Mario All-Stars, yeah, you know, I, I guess you played a bit of that as well. Was that, I guess that was your first experience kind of with, like, the classics from the SNES, or the, the NES, rather, bringing those in? Yeah, definitely first experience. Um, a lot of my memories are just, like, watching my, like, older sister kind of play through those games and beating them because like again 
you know, being like six or seven or whatever, like I just couldn't really get my head around them. And like, it was, you know, constantly just whining, oh, it's too hard. No, no, you play it. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like as a kid, I've said this with a couple other people, but like as a kid, those like those Mario games were just like ridiculously hard. And yeah. then you get older and you start to realize, okay, they weren't that hard. It was just, you know, they were hard for me as a, as yeah. a kid. <laughs> yeah. And actually I remember, so, um, you know, the All-Stars comes with the lost levels. And I remember there was one day where my old, like my older sister had been just been like slowly making her way like through that game. And she got all the way to the very last level and she was, you know, trying to get through that. And I remember one day, like something weird happened and her save file got deleted Oh, no. Yeah. And so she was upset at, at that point. And then, like, years later, I, like, watched, like, a Mario, like, a Lost Level speedrun at GDQ. And just, like, seeing that game and seeing just, like, how BS that game actually is just, like, made it hurt so much more. Because you just see that, like, one level where you're just, like, jumping on a spring and just hoping you don't you fall on platforms. Like, that's just a brutal game to have to try. <laughs> yeah, when you're off screen for you know, an extended period of time, especially the first try, you're like, okay, well, if I'm here on zero lives, uh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen or how long it's going to take for me to fall out of the sky, but we'll, uh, (laughs) we'll make the best of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you had the SNES, uh, I, I, you know, I have to ask this question due to the community we're in, but, uh, with playing the SNES, did you get to experience, you know, a link to the past, you know, during this time period? Yeah, so I experienced it. Again, it was mostly just like watching my older sister play it. And um, she actually got the copy loaned to her from a friend who was like into like all sort of like, you know, sort of like JRPG and anime stuff. So we didn't actually own Link of the Past. Like we mostly owned like a lot of Mario games and like Porky Pig's Haunted Holiday. That's what we had. But like uh, Zelda, Mm -hmm. like that always kind of felt special because like it was this game that was like, you know, loaned to us. there's all these like indelible images that I have like from that playthrough that like have really stuck with me since like you know when I watch the game you know 20 25 years later whatever it was just like you know remembering oh yeah almost nights the statues that bounce or oh yeah thief sound I remember pretty much all of the dungeon because it's weird and blocky and square and there's those horse head dudes like there's <laughs> like it's it, yeah. like a lot of the stuff from that you know like even when I'm seven like a lot of that stuff just like really stands out of my mind just yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a good game. (laughs) It's a game like as a kid, I feel like for a lot of people probably, you know, I say this in like the echo chamber of the ALTTPR community. But like, you know, it left. I feel like a lot for a lot of us, it left an impression because of how well it was made for its time. And yeah, you know, it's just it's it's it was kind of ahead of its time, I, I would say, in a way as well. So. With experiencing A Link to the Past, were there were there any other games that you guys either, you know, borrowed from people or uh, acquired a- along the journey of having a Super Nintendo and uh, and made an impression on you? Right. So after the SNES, um, we were kind of like a late adopter to, you know, most of the gaming systems. Like, I remember, like, we got the N64 pretty late in that life cycle. Like, I remember summer of seventh grade, I think it was. So that would have been like 2001 we got the N64. Uh, and by that time, like, I was a little bit older and, like, was able to play the games for myself. And, you know, that also coincided with, like, junior high and, like, an increase and an increased level of homework, which I wasn't doing because there were Mario Kart 64 time trials to do. So, um, video games are occasionally, (laughs) like, taken away from me, like, as a, you know, budding preteen, uh... (laughs) That's relatable. Uh, yeah, (laughs) I don't think I've ever said this on any of the podcasts, but when I was a kid, it got to the point where 
I was only allowed to play games on the weekend because I would I would I, I didn't know what 15 minutes was in, on a weeknight. Yeah. It, 15 <laughs> would turn into two hours and then suddenly it's like no homework ever got done. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling. And I was also man. So I was also like in the uh, gifted classes to start, you know, seventh grade. And OK, what I didn't realize was that, like, you know, once you once you're like in those classes like you know your homework starts to increase and like you have to actually like read and take notes and they expect you to take notes and there's these like elaborate projects and all through elementary school i've just been kind of coasting because like i'm i'm just like a this is going to sound conceited but like i'm just kind of like a smart person like a lot of stuff like really came naturally to me like oh yeah sure spelling, i can do this uh but by the time i had to like actually do work it's like oh, I don't want to do work. I'm just going to play video games. Why would I do homework when video games are here? And this is a recurring theme throughout my life. Uh, but Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I can I can say I kind of relate to that. Uh, yeah. I, you know, uh, some most people may be not thinking I'm that smart. Uh, some days I feel really smart. Some days I don't. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll, you know, if something didn't hold my interest, like as far as school, it was like, okay, I knew I know this already or this is easy, I'd lose interest and I, I wouldn't pay attention either. So that that's very relatable. Um, so Mar Mario Kart time trials. Uh, <laughs> tell me tell me about those. Did were you gunning for like the ghost records on all of these? Yeah, I was trying to like make all the records like, you know, my own. Um, and part of this stems from like, yeah, it was a rough childhood for young Bob. Um, I, you know, like I didn't have like a lot of friends in elementary school. Um, my parents kind of split apart. Um, the Vikings lost the 1999 NFC Championship game, which is legitimately a traumatic event for me. Um, so oh, no. video games were just like, you know, kind of always there for me. And yeah, so like just like being able to just like kind of zone in and just like do the time trials like over and over again. Like that was just kind of where I tried to find peace, I guess, looking back. Sure. Um yeah. I want to I want to ask, let's see, and I, I, I hate to pry on a, a actual bad event, but the, the Vikings 99, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to place that. No. So I, I, I have a reason for bringing this up. And okay. <laughs> since you did. So I'm trying to remember what year it was. But my math teacher in junior high was from the area and was obsessed with the Vikings. And I'm trying to remember if this is the game where like. The ball, like it should have been an incomplete pass, but it like rolled down the guy's back and he caught it anyway. And it was like this miracle catch and it, it was the game. I don't know if that was like a regular season or if it was the NFC championship. I can't remember, honestly. That was a Monday night football game. Oh, God, I can't oh, okay. remember. Like, what was his name? Like Antonio Freeman, I think it was, caught that pass. Oh, yeah, God, that was so upsetting. I... <laughs> Yeah, I, like I, our, our math teacher could not believe it. And we got to watch that in math class. And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't watch this game because it was way past my bedtime. <laughs> yeah, no, that game. I also remember that game. Uh, no, but the 1999 NFC Championship game, Um, that's the one where we played the Falcons. I'm saying we. I haven't been a Vikings fan since this game, but like they play the Falcons. And um, the, the game goes to overtime. We have Gary Anderson, a kicker. He has been automatic all year. Perfect from field goal. Perfect. Oh, no. like, and yeah, you see where the story's going. You know that he misses the first field goal of the season in overtime of that game. The Falcons just kind of like, you know, throw the ball a few yards on field. They hit the field goal. They go to the Super Bowl. I did not recover from that for some time. I was not a sports fan for a couple of years after that, legitimately. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's understandable. Um, yeah. You know, I, I am very guilty of uh, 
being overly vested in a sports team. So, uh, you know, I'm a, I am, I'm from North Carolina, I still live in North Carolina, a big UNC Chapel Hill basketball fan. And, uh, I, I gotta say in 2016, um, when, uh, when they hit or Villanova hit the buzzer beater to, oh, man. to beat UNC in the championship game. Like I, I did not sleep well at all that night. Uh, and yeah. the next day was miserable at work, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, <laughs> Oh, it's all water under the bridge now, uh, especially since, you know, I, I didn't want to watch the next season, even though they were supposed to be good. Then they ended up coming and I watched it and they ended up winning the title. And I was like, OK, this is fine. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of figure as a UNC fan, you can't be like too broken. But I mean, it, there was a difference between like living in the championship game or whatever. But yeah, you're a UNC fan. I, <laughs> you've had some success. Yeah. yeah, there's been some success for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, you I, know. Uh, yeah, and I was just going to say, I legitimately love those, like uh, that, like Rashad McCann's championship team. I'm really glad he made his oh, way yes. to the even if he didn't really end up being like a dude in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. And the 05 team, I thought, was was really good. And yeah, uh, it was it was always interesting watching like UNC players uh, go to go pro because it's like us UNC fans thought, all right, everybody's the next Michael Jordan. And right. no one's <laughs> no one's Jordan, you know, no. Like, <laughs> All right, that's that's enough about me. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Me. Yeah, yeah. No, um, so uh, so, do you still watch uh, the NFL? Like, do you have a do you have a new team, or are you just like I'm not I'm not into football at this point? So I still like football. I still watch football, like maybe slightly less than I was like you know a few years back. Um, I'm still like I've been in the fantasy football league with a pretty much the same set of dudes since like 2008. So that's okay. been pretty cool. But yeah, like I I don't really root for a team though. Like I guess. I guess I still root for the Wolves, kind of, but, like, the Wolves have never, like, hurt me like the Vikings did. Like, it's just been a persistent dull ache. Like, oh, we missed playoffs? All right, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, any uh, any other sports that, uh, or, or is it fo- is it just football for you, or are you just a, a big sports fan in general? Um, kind of general. Um, I think my, like, top two sports would actually be, like, uh, basketball and tennis. Yeah, and tennis okay. is something that yeah, tennis is something that I like came to because I've always kind of had trouble sleeping, especially like you know late teens to adulthood. And um, 2008, I was kind of like having like one of these like insomnia jags, and I started watching the Australian Open because that was being broadcast live at you know 2 a.m. when I was awake. And <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, I just thought that this, I just think the sports like really interesting. Like, there's a lot of really unique personalities that kind of like come in and out of the game. And it's just like a really fascinating sport because it's really just, you know, the guy or the girl out there who's trying to battle like, you know, their mentality. They're just they're feeling all the weight. They have like, you know, no one to just kind of like, you know, yeah, pawn the pressure off onto unless they're playing doubles. But like, I don't really watch doubles tennis for that reason. Uh, yeah, it's just like a really interesting sport because like it's always on your racket. Like you always have to close out a match, you know, like I just think it's like really cool. And there's like really interesting storylines that kind of emerge throughout the course of a match. Yeah, it's it's one of the few sports that are like, you know, pro sports that are completely solo player based. Uh, it, it kind of reminds me of Rando in that way where it's like, you know, yeah, if totally. you're competing, like if you're competing and it's a you know, it's not the league or co-op tournament, then you're literally all by yourself during the competition and you just have to make do and whatever happens, happens. You know, it's kind of all on you, uh, like you were saying. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like what, you know, drew me into Rando Racing, like kind of what keeps me in Rando Racing is the idea that like, it's kind of just me out there, you know? 
Like, I think yeah. that's like a really fascinating element to like kind of like kind of consider and wrestle with. For sure. So uh, basketball still uh, still a Timberwolves fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they've been good recently. Um, the Gobert trade. We don't have to talk about that. It's fine, but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like I under I never understand what some of these people who get paid so much money to manage a professional basketball team, some of the decisions they make, I, I question greatly. Uh, I question the NBA league a lot too, but uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like I I kind of get it because like um we're going through an ownership change. Like I guess we're owned by Alex Rodriguez now, so that's interesting. And I get that you know he wanted to make a big splash, so we traded like all these picks for Gobert, but. It, we also traded all those picks for Rudy Gobert, you know, like we're trading for it's I don't want to. <laughs> we can't talk about this too much. Like I'm going to go off, way off the rails. No, uh, it's fine. Like, it's fine. <laughs> People like sports, yeah. too. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we, we got Anthony Edwards. We're hopefully it's OK. But yeah, it's that was a that was a dumb thing to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's let's backtrack just a little bit. So back to the games. You said in 64, you were doing the Mario Kart time trials. Uh so getting into high school or early college, did you did you take up did you continue on this console route with Nintendo? Uh, did you get to experience anything with Sony or PC gaming, you know, like other consoles? What was what was the next uh, gaming path for for young Bob, as you said? So uh, I did graduate to the GameCube um, and then um, eighth grade, I did start like making a circle of friends and all those friends played Halo. And I remember. I, I always had like an, a subscription to like Electronic Gaming Monthly because, you know, okay. I wanted to keep up with video game news. Like I wanted to branch out into other consoles, but like we just didn't quite have the funding to do that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm like, so for years before, like, you know, I get invited to like, you know, the land parties, like I'm reading about Halo. It's like getting these platinum awards. It's like this critically acclaimed game. Everyone loves it. And I'm like, oh, man, I really wish I could play Halo. So the first time like I get invited to a party that's going to have Halo at it, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be so cool. I'm finally going to get to play Halo. You know, I'm going to be able to like, you know, wow my friends with my multiplayer prowess. I'm really good at Mario Kart time trials. I'm constantly beating my own times. It'll be great. Sure. And I eat so much. <laughs> I eat so much shit, dude. Like, <laughs> I am awful at Halo. <laughs> oh, dude, I I love yeah. hearing that because, like, I mean, I'm sorry for for your past self, but there's so many times, uh, like, I just thought I'm so good at video games. I'm gonna go destroy everybody at whatever I'm hanging out doing with yep. friends, and then I just get completely waxed, and it's it's like this huge piece of humble pie. Uh, and <laughs> it's always it's always such like a, a balance of the universe, which kind of makes me laugh. Um, yeah. So so Halo, H- Halo, not your strong suit. I take it. Like no. even going forward. No, I never really get good at it. Um, yeah, because like I never own like you know any of the, like you know the cool guy consoles. Like I'm you know just kind of like stuck on the GameCube, and you know your Wind Waker playthroughs don't really translate to Halo Two. And like there's, there's sure. just so many buttons on that controller. You have to do so many things. You have to like work on so much stuff. And like eventually I just kind of like, you know, give up on getting good. And I just start throwing grenades at my own feet and trying to go for, you know, the highest absolute value of kills. Like, hey, I got to 50. <laughs> why, didn't, why isn't the game over? <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, even even if you're not good at it, I think Halo is is one of those like great party games uh with yeah. especially with, with friends you know not maybe not super competitive friends but at least with oh, friends. Totally, yeah 
Yeah, no, like they were always cool. But like I would always give them like, you know, two to three legit games a session, right? Like, okay, I'll try to play Capture the Flag. I'll do like a team battle, even though I feel like I present negative value to the team because, you know, I know what I'm dealing with here. And then you're just going to let me jump off ledges for the next, you know, hour or so. I'll come back. I'll play legit for a little bit. And then, yeah, just, you know, let me have some stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. For sure. So uh, so you played Wind Waker. I'll, I'll go back to the GameCube there. Uh, you played Wind Waker a bit. Did uh, was that one one of your favorites? I, I feel like most people have very, very hot or very cold takes about how they felt about um, Wind Waker. I, I'm one of those cold people where I just it wasn't my favorite Zelda game. It was probably one of one of my least favorite as a, a full unit. So h- how did how did you feel about that one? Yeah, my take on Wind Waker is I really enjoyed playing it. Like, I think it's, like, a really charming game. It has, like, a really fun art style that, like, I really connected with. Um, I think it's up there. Like, some days it might even be, like, my favorite Zelda game, but I totally Mm -hmm. get people who don't like it. Like, there's that long Triforce collection thing at the end that, like, I very rarely had the patience for. Um, You know, there's not really a lot of, like, there's not, like, a lot of meat on that bone, right? Like, there's only, like, you know, a few dungeons, like, yeah, I totally get, like, why someone, like, wouldn't connect to it. Like, a lot of it is just kind of, like, you know, the age at which it hit me. Like, you know, you know, being, like, you know, 15, 16 and, like, GameCube kind of being, like, the first console that, like, I kind of yeah. bought. Yeah. Yeah, so so you did buy that one on your own. Like, I, I feel like every when everybody has a system like that growing up, yeah. like, the first one they bought on their own, like, every game on it, like, means more to them. And kind of crazy you know it's a novel concept as a kid you're like i I, this sounds ridiculous like i'll respect it more if i earn it but i I think there's some actual truth to that yeah totally like yeah and i I didn't buy the whole thing on it like my mom did kind of kick in like a little bit for the gamecube but like it definitely felt like you know this is my system this is something that like i would take me to college if you know hypothetically i went to college like Yeah, yeah sure like that was like my it was like you know my first like real thing so yeah, I'd, so yeah, I definitely like have connection to Wind Waker that maybe I maybe like other people don't have, and I totally get that. Like, I think it it's a very flawed game, but again, it's just like dear to my heart. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like maybe one day I need to give it another shot because I heard the remake. I didn't give the remake a shot, even though I bought I wanted the Zelda console and I got the game with it, and I'm like I'm not playing it um, <laughs> for the on the Wii U. But I. Uh, I, I I really didn't like the Triforce thing and the sailing around. I felt like it was just like, this is, I feel like it was an idler game almost, uh, except there's no number going burr on the side, like cookie clicker. I need, I need, I need something to make me feel like I'm going fast or, or something. But, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna have to give it another shot one of these days. That, that, yeah, that's totally fair. Like, I, and I think maybe just to touch on something that like, I really like about Windmaker is just like, you know, the extended sailing periods were just like kind of dicking around the ocean for, you know, 30, 40 minutes at a time. Like, I, I really like that part. Like, I kind of like the exploration aspect. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not quite, you know, obviously not quite the exploration of, like, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Well, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> at that okay. time, though, it was this huge open world. Yeah. And, like, I, I could I could definitely see that for sure. You yeah, know, it's definitely a very small game compared to modern. So, uh, fast forwarding a little bit. Um, do, uh, do you, ever, do you graduate up to the Wii around college age potentially, or, uh, do you start experiencing PC gaming at all or, or is PC gaming never anything that really came across your radar? 
Yeah, so um, by like the time I was 20, um, I never got the Wii, and it took me like a little bit to like actually get the Wii U. Um, I did kind of like fall off the console path for a little bit there, um, mm-hmm. mostly keeping up with like you know uh, some Steam games. Like I play like if a game seemed interesting, you know, like I heard about it on Tumblr, like I would just kind of like play through it, like um, you know, like your Undertale's that sort of thing. And like I, I had like a DS, and like I would always keep up with the handhelds just because like I was like Pokemon. Um, like Pokemon was gonna uh, that's another game that like I think is like kind of huge for me because like you know that kind of hit at the perfect time like that actually kind of replaced the Vikings in my heart just like okay. as the thing I was obsessed with for a few years so so tell me tell me about that I guess like if, if you want to like what what was like what drew you in about Pokemon because I'm, I'm assuming you know clearly if we look at it at face value uh, Pokemon football not quite the same thing right yeah but, but having having a vested interest in it uh Tell, tell me what drew you into the game. Um, I remember, like, so I think what, like, drew me in was, like, the cartoon. Like, I remember, like, you know, there was, like, I remember, like, way back in, like, 98, 98, 99, there was, like, you know, faint buzz about, like, you know, Pokemon. Like, I was kind of hearing it, and I was like, I don't really know what this is, but a lot of people are talking about it. And, like, you know, the f- I remember coming home sick or, or coming home from school sick one day and, you know, just, like, turning on the WB because, like, you know, that's what was on. Was just, like, watching Pokemon, just, like, kind of really... sure. Yeah, it just, like, kind of grabbed me, because, like, oh, these things are really cute, they change forms, you can, this seems like it'll be a really fun game, I'm, you know, this is what I'm going to be obsessed with for the next few years. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's pretty good, so the cartoons what got you into it, and yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can totally see that, because I, I had heard about Pokemon, and I kind of understand that as well, it's like, I heard a little bit about it, I tried it on a friend's Game Boy, it didn't really draw me in. Saw the, saw the anime cartoon whatever you want to call it and then i i got hooked so um, yeah totally fair so you mentioned steam uh i guess you know obviously with pc gaming you mentioned undertale uh any any big games besides those like are, are you an avid pc gamer to this day still i wouldn't say i'm like an avid pc gamer like kind of what i did from college on was like I would hear about a game and like I would be really into that game for like you know a couple to a few months and then I would just like kind of drop it like I was I, I wouldn't even really say that I was like that big a gamer for like a solid you know chunk of my life like it like I would like games were always there like I'd always like I'd be able to like sink time into something like VVVVV or like you know when a new Pokemon came out I'd always be into that because that's something I could do while listening to music or you know having a podcast in the background but sure. yeah like yeah, like I wasn't like, you know, real big into games for a hot minute there. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously this is kind of, we're kind of getting close to, you know, I guess the, the timeline of the, the late 2000s. And uh, I guess my question is going to be, I'm, I may be jumping too far ahead for you, but did what did you find first? Did you find like Twitch? Did you find speedrunning? Um, you mentioned you saw some lost level speedruns at GDQ, and I'm assuming those have been around before Rando was. So yeah, I'm curious how you 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 connected all the dots here. Yeah, so um, I definitely found speedrunning uh, before I found Twitch. Like I found like I was watching you know like some you know like let's plays on YouTube just because like you know they were playing games that you know I remembered from my youth, and it's like oh yeah I'm nostalgic for those. Uh, and then eventually, like in the recommendations bar, I saw Trihacks playing uh, GDQ or playing Yoshi's Island at GDQ, and I'm like, it was a hundred percent speedrun, and I'm like, okay, what does this entail? And I click it, mm-hmm. and it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Like, because like Yoshi's Island is like you know another one of like you know my games growing up, 
like especially like the handheld GBA version. Like I would just like play that like all the time on car rides and stuff. So like watching this dude just like fire eggs just like every which way and you know having the hand cam i remember the hand cam was like part of the like run that i watched and just uh-huh. being able to see like you know the you know skill that he was putting into it and like having the commentary from uh i think carl Sagan was on the couch for that run like it was just like a really engaging and you know kind of thrilling thing to watch and i was just i was just kind of hooked at that moment you know <laughs> oh yeah for sure like anytime yeah you see someone destroying a game that, you know, I feel like every time we have a game uh, that we play a lot, we feel like we're good at it, even if we're not, you know, like growing up. And then you you watch, you find like a speed run of it and just watch somebody absolutely obliterate the game. And you realize like how much work someone's put in to being good at said game. It's kind of incredible. Um, I, I Like Yoshi's Island, the, the 100% run is actually one of the to me one of the most entertaining speed runs to watch like start to finish uh i'm not a big fan of like you know sitting around watching people you know reset like every five seconds uh but but watching that like from start to finish i think it's it's super entertaining it's it's definitely up there on the on the list yeah for sure like um i don't follow like a whole lot of like you know hyper serious speed runners who are like you know doing that five second reset but um calco 2 that's like a stream that like I'll legitimately like pop into like you know once every few months just like watch him play Yoshi's Island when he's playing it because like that's just a really cool run. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you uh, you found GDQ, uh, and I'm assuming GDQ is what brought did, is that what brought you into Twitch or when you said it was in the recommended? Uh, and forgive me if I missed you saying this, but was it was it on Twitch at the time or was it like a YouTube recommendation? Oh, it was a YouTube recommendation. Um, yeah, I watched the VOD of that run. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I definitely wasn't, like, watching live speedruns um, at that time. Um, but, yeah, I watched, like, you know, I kind of, like, binged through, like, a lot of GDQ VODs. And, like, from the GDQ VODs, I kind of started following, like, a lot of Mario Maker people because that came out, like, 2016, 2017-ish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, just, like, watching, like, you know, uh, Ryukar and Pooh Bear and Carl Sagan on, on YouTube. And eventually, like, you know... I wanted to start watching them live because Carl would always plug his like uh, live stream and you know it was kind of an event because he only streamed Saturday nights at that time so that's what kind of brought me to Twitch was like wanting to catch that dude just kind of play live you know <laughs> interesting okay so that's yeah. that's what that's what drew you in yeah um so did you you watch Carl Sagan was did you find like other people you'd found like Trihex Pooh Bear and kind of branch out from there um Maybe not branching out. Like a lot of my early Twitch is like a lot of Mario Maker. It's like a lot of Mario Maker. Like I've found like a lot of like streamers within the Mario Maker community, like you know, Failstream and the Dragon Feeny and a lot of people like that. Sure. Um, and like a lot of kinds of Mario runners, which is actually kind of if you want to segue this and how I got into Rando, um, one of these runners or one of these like Mario World people playing Rando is kind of like how I found Randomizer. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So so tell me tell me about that. Which which one was it? Who brought you in? Uh, who can right, we give so, credit for it? <laughs> all right. So um, I don't know about credit here. So um, because like the guy that I was following at the time um, in the years since he's been kind of outed as like a dude who's not really super friendly towards trans people. So, yeah, he's I don't okay. know that he's like necessarily been like full on canceled, but like he's not really like that chill a dude. Um, but so like. And it's kind of regretful that, like, this is the dude who got me into random. But, like, I remember seeing that he was streaming Link to the Past one Sunday morning, and I thought, oh, this is not the game he usually plays, nor is it the time he usually streams. What's happening? And he was in his stream talking about, like, this tournament race that he was about to do. 
And, you know, he links to this network speed gaming. So I followed that link and it's a three-way tiebreaker race in like the group stage for the spring 2017 tournament between this guy, a guy named Kriua, I think it's pronounced, and Zero Rush. And I think Adirondack okay. Rick was on, and Adirondack Rick was on the call for that. So yeah, it was a really interesting race. Um, I remember thinking that was like, it was a fun thing to watch and I followed the channel so I could like see it again, but like I didn't really understand everything that was happening. I just kind of remembered, oh yeah, this is like, you know, Skull Woods. I sort of remember this dungeon. And yeah, it was, it was more like an interesting experience, I would say, than like something that like really like, you know, locked me into Rando, um, that first race at least. <laughs> gotcha. So that was like your yeah. first experience seeing seeing it existed. I, yeah. uh, I, I totally know the whole like not being enamored with it the first time you hear about it. I had a friend tell me and I was just like, he was like, you're going to love this. And I'm like, ah, it's whatever. And yeah, here, here, here I am now. Um, but (laughs) so, so you saw a race, uh, tell me, tell me like, I guess a little bit, what, what got you, I guess back in what, what got you watching it further? Right. So it was like a few days later. Um, like literally this is a timeline. Uh, so it's a few days later. Um, I'm kind of like, you know, sitting there just waiting for something to watch. I see, you know, Speed Gaming streaming a link to the past, and I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot again because it was like entertaining the first time. And one of the guys on the in the race is Chris Osowen, and that dude was real good back then. <laughs> like that, like seeing him play was just like, oh, that's what this game can look like. Okay, this is real cool. I'm really into this. Mm-hmm. This dude seems to know what he's doing more than the other three guys did. Apologies to Zero Rush. Um, yeah, like, I think watching Crystals is, like, what really got me into it. Like, you know, just kind of seeing the possibility that, you know, there was in, like, to the past. Yeah, that was in the era, I'd say, of, like, you could just be good at the game as far as, like, movement. You know, you could be I, I, probably decent at it, and that would carry you a very long way. And if you make a few right decisions, then, you know, obviously you just... You look amazing. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> in that timeline, like Christos was like one of the top tier runners. And so, yeah, I could totally see that. So when uh, when did you decide to actually dip in this? You said this was spring 2017. So this was pretty early on in competitive randos, I guess, timeline. When did you decide, OK, I'm going to give one of these a shot? So it took me a while, honestly. Like, um, my first tournament was the uh, spring 2018 Swiss. So in the year between, uh, there was, like, a lot of watching and, like, a lot of learning, um, especially, like, in the fall 2017 tournament. Like, you know, there were a couple things that were happening. Like, um, the Mario Maker people were doing this, like, you know, weekly race among themselves. So I was just kind of, like, watching that, like, kind of as a diversion. Um, Yeah, like, it wasn't, like, the most intense race in the world. But, like, I was, like, watching that, I was, like, kind of, picking up on some of the strats that like some of the more experienced runners are doing. Um, I actually learned Silverless watching this guy, oh, hey, it's David, play the game one day. Like, you know, just like sitting down and watching him and just being like, okay, so there's like a certain rhythm to this. You just got to like time your spins correctly. Okay, this is doable. I can do this because like a lot of what like drew me into playing randomizer was like, I did always kind of want to learn a speed run, but I was very kind of intimidated by, you know, having to learn all the really, really hard stuff. But when I saw randomizer, I kind of saw like a path where... I could find the safeties on the way and then like as they became necessary, I could just kind of like drop them slowly over time, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of like a it's almost like the speedrunners gateway drug because, you, yeah, you you have to learn to go fast, but you can kind of do it at your own pace and still feel like you're competitive, especially early on. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And 
And also, like, um, being able to watch the Fall 2017 tournament, because, like, that's when a lot of people were trying to, like, figure out how routing actually worked in that game. And just, like, be lurking in the chats and just, like, you know, seeing pe- really experienced people, like, um, Amazing Ampharos back in that day was, like, something I really glommed onto as someone who, like, I thought had, like, a really interesting playstyle and a really unique approach to the game. Like, you were talking about how, you know, back in those days, you could kind of rely on, like, you know, stellar execution to... Right. You know, make your bones in Rando and Amazing Ampharos is someone who like I don't think he was ever like he's very clearly not like an NOG guy like he might be able to knock us sub 140 but like he was just really smart and he figured out like ways to navigate around the world and he was able to like kind of read the logic and deduce where to go and I thought that was like a really compelling playstyle. Uh, yeah <laughs> no yeah that, that totally makes sense you know people who latched on to routing early on uh, I feel like had an even better advantage because figuring out the most efficient way to do things, uh, you know, obviously is what a lot of times wins races. Um, even even to this day, I'd say, you know, execution can only take you so far if you're, you know, just choosing the wrong places to go. Uh, so 2018 Swiss, you you joined that. Uh, I've got it pulled up here. It looks like you went four and three in uh, in the Swiss portion. So tell me about your experience with that. Uh, was that like was that your first like big competitive uh, event uh, as far as gaming goes for your life? Um, first big competitive event in general, honestly. Like um, I was never like I watched a lot of sports in school, but like I I never really played sports beyond one year in fourth grade where I did little league and knocked a point zero 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 batting average. That was cool. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, like I did. <laughs> Um, I did, like, math team and chess team in uh, senior high, but, like, we were never, like, an elite team. Like, we were never, like, going to state. Well, I guess the chess team might have gone to state, but I was also, like, on the B team, so, I, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like, racing Rando, doing that tournament was, like, the first, like, big competitive endeavor that, like, I really did. And I feel like I learned a lot in that tournament, just, like, about, like, racing and staying calm and, you know, not that I, you know, always stay calm in races, but, like, yeah, like kind of, and also just like kind of like slowly improving. Like, um, I think the first time I ever did Meyer Dark was in my very first tournament race against a uh, Sefi Compacto. I think his name was. Okay. Yeah. So you you basically learned how to do or successfully got Meyer the Meyer Dark rooms the first time in the middle of a tournament race. Yes. That's, yeah, that's I remember. Pretty awesome. <laughs> literally, the journey was like um, I watched a tutorial like the day before. And I'm like, okay, I kind of understand what's happening here. Hopefully it doesn't come up in a race. And then this ended up being a saver. Like, Lamp was in Crystal Turtle Rock. So you would have been able to find it, but you would have had to, like, you know, spend an extra trip up the mountain, which I guess even back then at my level I kind of cared about. So, yeah, it probably would have been faster to just climb the mountain again than, like, I think I was, mm-hmm. like, in that room for, like, two, three minutes. But, you know, I made it through, and that's what's important. <laughs> yeah, like, just improving. And honestly, like, I think back in 2018... You know, if you went into Dark Mire, there was probably a majority of the the players would spend two to three minutes in yeah, those yeah. dark rooms. <laughs> there, there wasn't like super mathed out strats like we have, you know, here in 2023, which I mean, you kind of look at it this is five years ago. It sounds yeah. like five years doesn't sound too bad. But, you know, with the, the gaming community like it is, that's also like an eternity ago. Uh, especially with the way things go for this community. <laughs> oh yeah, like the amount of research that's like been done, like even in something of like you know, you know, quote unquote basic as the Meyer Dark Rooms. Like that's it's been really cool to see. Like you know, even today, like people are just finding like new ways to kind of like make it through that room. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
So you you do the you go four and uh, four and three in the 2018 Swiss. Do you enter the the fall tournament that that year? So I did. Um, and a lot of the obstacle to me like joining racing because like I did kind of want to join races in fall 2018, but like or fall 2017, but I didn't understand SRL. I didn't know what was happening there. Um, IRC was very intimidating to me. But like after the spring tournament, um, there was starting to be some buzz about the fall tournament, and I was like, okay. I had a lot of fun in spring tournament. I want to do the fall tournament. I'm going to make friends with IRC and I'm going to start joining these daily races. Uh, so, yeah, and then I like kind of okay. part or I kind of like joined daily races for like a few for a few months. Um, I think the first race I ever did, like I looked it up like recently. I think I finished 11th in that race, and uh, my boy Jamie sure finished two minutes ahead of me in 10th. So, yeah, that's a fun little bit of lore for you. Um, okay. Yeah, I like, I didn't know him back then, but like you know, looking back, it's right, like, right. Oh, hey, there's that, there's that name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but, fun to always go back and connect the dots. You yeah. know, like the the dots that were nowhere near being connected uh, at that given time. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so fall 2018 tournament. Um, I kind of go in like thinking, okay, I maybe could um, make it into the group stage, and I think my very f- or the first qualifier I joined, I don't remember how many people were in there. I think it was like. 120 or 130 people and i took sixth place in that qualifier oh wow yeah <laughs> so i was feeling like hot shit after that like oh man that's amazing like this is like you know me realize my potential it's all going to be gravy from here and in the next race i last located hookshot in pendant in swamp and i finished like 30 minutes behind first place that was and, the race zero rush one wasn't it yes yeah, yeah i did the same thing i uh, don't don't yeah don't feel bad i it, <laughs> who goes in the swamp looking for the hook shot uh you yeah. know you know if you want the number one seed that's what you got to do sometimes uh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> and then the next seed i joined was the infamous hover seed from that tournament and i did not handle it well like i last located pendant swamp again i felt horrible about myself um, I quit out of that race, like after like, you know, full clearing pod for nothing. And like knowing that it was in swamp again, had I been doing math in my head, maybe I would have like stayed in that qualifier. Cause like, even if I was on pace to finish with like a two fifteen or something like that's still a Z score in the eighties or something. Cause like, you know, no one had a good time with that seat except Andy, but yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, I just had to get out of that one. Like, it's like, okay, I'm just, it's, it's, it's over. I'm just, I'm not having a good time. Got to get out. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look at the SRL history at some point. It sounds like you and me experienced a lot of the same qualifiers because uh, I, I remember that one. And I remember not having the hook shot and panicking. And then I was just like, let's go do pod. And then it was just on Helma or something. And yeah. that was, you know, I, I think I got like fourth in that one. It was like, I don't know. It was like the, the biggest luck sack of all time, as far as I'm concerned, because I definitely wasn't good. <laughs> um <laughs> oh, see, I, I went to pod without the bow. Like I did the potion question pod, so I was definitely going to be the last lo- locating hookshot on Helma. So, <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah, it was going to be a brutal one. And like you know, even like way, like way back then, like I thought I was like pretty good, but like you know, when I like look at my t- the times I was posting in like some of those days, it's like no, no, you you had a lot to learn, young man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, I think we all did back then. Yeah. Um, so so the qualifiers after that sixth place finish not going so hot uh so did you just like drop out or did you mathematically get eliminated i dropped i did not complete my five qualifiers for that tournament no um i did join challenge cup that year though which was it was a good time (laughs) yeah that was a a really stacked challenge cup year 
Uh, yeah. Like oh, so yeah. So many, so many like prevalent people in the community now were in that tournament. And I just remember it was like one of the it, like just looking at it through through hindsight. It's kind of like literally the, the most stacked challenge cup I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, really. Like that's a tournament where like Relkin and Lindlin were in a first round match. Which looking back, like, oh man, that's like that, that should never intense. happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's just so good. Um, yeah. So did you? You know, so from here, like, I, I, I know, I know, I saw you in a lot of like dailies, a lot of like weeklies, off and on. Uh, but you know, our paths never really intersected except in those races. Um, and you know, occasionally through something in discord, but, uh, did, did you like keep doing tournaments? Like I know there was the, the, the league, which was like super small. And I don't think you, you weren't in season one. Uh, you guys came in season two. So that was like 2020, but, yeah. um, did you, did you do the 2019 fall tournament or, or were you kind of not hand, like not doing the competitive rando at that time? I stuck with it, uh, through the like uh, tournament. Um, yeah, it was, Definitely like a really interesting place. So I've heard about League too late to actually join. So I did like a lot of commentary and tracking uh, for that, you know, first season. Um, okay. And yeah, that's actually, and I also did the cross keys tournament that summer and like League and cross keys both kind of come out to like really get me into the cross keys. Cause um, I wanted to like, you know, play, I wanted to like at least play a cross key seed just to like really kind of get a feel for how it actually went because this was the wild west for Krosky's like way back in 2019. Like no one, no one really knew what they were doing. So I wanted to like, right. at least kind of know what I was talking about. Like when I went up for commentary. Um, so the first seat I ever played, it took me about four hours. I last located ice rod on pendant moth. It was a good time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the second seat I tried to play, uh, I remember, I remember vividly, I got the mirror in Lynx house and I closed nest nine X and I generated a new seed. Like, I knew at that point, it's like, okay, I know Mir does a lot of weird things in this game. I don't want no part of this right now. I just want to, like, you know, a nice, quiet learning experience. This Mir, that's weird. That's too weird for me. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, you know, some people, like Shady Force, would say that you get the mirror early, the game's playable if it's cross keys. And that is, you know, incontrovertibly correct. I agree with that 100%. But, like, <laughs> way back then, I didn't know what I was doing, and I knew the mirror was going to make it too weird. <laughs> No, that's totally fair. I, yeah. I totally get it. <laughs> Too many logical implications. Um, yeah. So so let's fast forward here a little bit. Uh, League season two, um, you join up Tile Roomies with uh, Jay Meesher and Hazu Kitty. Can you tell me can you tell me a little bit how this team came to be? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I was initially going to be on the sidelines for League because I. You know, I didn't anticipate that it would be filling up in 23 seconds, but I knew that it was going to get like a lot of like interest from people. And I'm like, okay, a lot more people are going to have fun with this than I am. And I was just coming off the 2019 main tournament where I finished in brackets, uh, top 64. I was feeling really good about like what I've been able to accomplish in Randall. And I was just ready to like, maybe just hang out in the commentary booth for a little bit. But what happened was, I think when you guys, or when Fear decided to expand to, I don't know how to phrase it back then i think you were a mod back then if i remember correctly yeah it was a mod but yeah like, there, yeah there was like chaos we didn't expect it to fill up in 23 seconds <laughs> yeah so i think you guys got to 48 teams and then there was like an announcement that like okay we got to 48 teams if we can't get to 64 teams by a certain point in time then we're just going to run with 48 teams and whoever signed up late you know kind of sucks to suck uh so i'm like looking at this and i'm like 
okay, there's a lot of people who want to play. I'm a warm body. I can definitely contribute to some team. I don't really care who I end up with. I'm going to put myself on this free agency spreadsheet that uh, Oro just made. Um, and like later that night, I get contacted by Hazakitty, who's interested in forming a team. And I'm, I just say yes, because I, I wasn't like too familiar with like a lot of people in the community. Um, I, like once, like once I've learned about Hazakitty's like, you know, exploits in the, in the community, like I was like, you know, some stuff started to click. It's like, okay, you're this person I've been hearing about for a little bit. Okay. You had that like infamous qualifier run. Okay. This is going to be a pretty interesting season, I guess. Um, and, <laughs> And then, like, a few days later, um, I get contacted by Jamie Sure, who, you know, asks, hey, do you want to team up? And I say, okay, I've seen your name around. I know you're pretty good. Um, and I tell him, like, okay, I've already formed a team with Hazukitty. Are you okay running with this person? He says, yeah, sure. And the team was formed. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah. the, the free agent spreadsheet is what got you, you all together. Yep, it sure was, yeah. Yeah, and, and then... And then you guys did pretty well. Uh, look at it. Season two went 10 and four uh, on an absolute tear and made playoffs. Yeah, uh, dude. Like, um, I'm sure you remember how stacked that division was. Because, like, it was you. It was like your team, like the Titans, but it's like you, Nep, and Edium, um, Fendrana Drifters, who, you know, right. future league champions, and uh, Broken Triforce, which was... I, man, this, these are going to be some, like, names from the way back. But, like, you know, everyone knows Dunka. Everyone knows how good he is. Um, he was on the team with... I am the Schwartz, who was kind of like on the clownier end of the spectrum for random runners, but like still a force to be reckoned with, like still a name that you see. And it's like, oh, I don't want to play that dude in one v one. And glowing, right. and glowing was just like an absolute problem back in the day. Like he was really good. He was also like you know kind of he was like kind of the original inhabitant. I want to say of that like community villain role where or community heel probably is more accurate. Just like, you know, someone who like had a lot of opinions and was not afraid to express them. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And like, he'd also made like top eight back in that, like, you know, spring five for 12 person twist, which is like a huge accomplishment. So that's a very, so seeing Duncan Gloin and Schwartz, that's a very intimidating, you know, team to see. And I remember like, I think we drew, Drifters week one and Broken Triforce week two. And I remember looking at the schedule and being like, all right. <laughs> so it's we're... time for the beat down, right? Like yeah. <laughs> a lot of times in league, that's, that's what I thought. Like you see weeks one and two and you're like, man, can I get an easier start? Like I need to, I need to warm up so to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh but, man. It, but you guys did pretty good with that. Like looking at Fendrana Drifters, I mean, you guys split with them. Um, I actually, okay, so I see that Misher beat Jet, and that was, I'm trying to remember, because that one, there was some weird implication uh, uh, in that right. race. There sure was. Oh, man, that was wild. So I remember coming into that race about halfway through, because, like, I was, I, I had, like, a really long commute back then, so, like, I got home, like, 6.37 or whatever I was getting home at, and turning on the race halfway through and saying, go Jay Misher, and I see a lot of people talking about, like, how Jay Misher was missing the flute and how the flute missing the flute for that long was going to hurt him. And I'm like, okay, so where's the flute? It's on the mini Muldrum cave NPC. And I'm like, oh, well, I can see on the tracker that Myers is pendant. Maybe we're hashtag blessed on this one. And what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> so what happened there is that like, it's a long, brutal scene. I think the mirror, no, it's the boots on catfish to get the mirror from King's doom. So, and I think the, I can't remember like the exact circumstances, but like I remember Jamie Sure made a play to Desert when Jet went up the mountain. And Jamie Sure reads Bombo's tablet on the way to Desert and he sees a text boing boing boing. <laughs> and okay. that yeah. So Jet had been like 
comfortably ahead until that point, until like the hookshot ended up on a place that you absolutely are not going to check without the hookshot, right? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So Jamie sure he climbs a mountain. He gets a sword off the old man. The flippers are on the ether tablet. And yeah, he and Jet poor Jet has to full clear tur- pendant turtle rock. He has to full clear pendant mire. It is the wildest like swing of the pendulum I've kind of ever witnessed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that live. I couldn't remember the exact uh, like scenario of what played out, but I remember like it was just like the wildest thing. And it was kind of it reminded me of what like got me into racing rando, where it's kind of like at any point like and nothing against Jay Meesher. He's a great runner at the time. You know, everybody was like, well, Jet just won the main tournament in 2019. You know, he's one of the best, uh, arguably the best at that time. And, uh, you know, he's he's probably just going to beat Jay Meesher. And then Jay Meesher's like, you know, hold my beer. I, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to take yep. down Jet <laughs> right after right after winning the main tournament. So um, it, it kind of just showed how, how great Rando is for for situations like that. Yeah, yeah, and that that really like was the key to our like I mean that and Hazy Kitty like going undefeated like those were like the two keys to our you know success that season because like without that race like I also like two days before I had like lost by like Megawatch has absolutely like demolished me just like <laughs> I think I lost by yeah. like thirteen minutes and like I only finished because I was on Tim's fantasy team for like, season two uh, so you oh, gotta no. get my my points. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, you said you say thirty minutes because it was only twelve. Oh no, thirteen, thirteen. Oh, thirteen. Okay, yeah, it, no, was, I, it was twelve. It was twelve. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what? what God, what week was that? Was that like open? I guess it was. That was uh, uh yeah, that was open mode week because I remember the next week was Ambrosia week and we split with Broken Triforce. Um, I kind of got to carry the team that week. Um, but yeah, next week was Ambrosia. And I feel like I played. That was like you know I played a lot better in the race with Schwartz and it was make a lot. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would that would make sense. Um, I, I, I kind of uh, let, let me ask this. So was this like, you know, like I've said, you you to me have been like one of the, the quieter people in the community. Like, you you know, I see you around the GMP discord a lot chatting with people about like, you know, the biweekly seeds and things like that. Um, was this was this maybe your first like dip into like actually I, I don't want to say becoming friends with, but like playing like as a friend group, uh, you know, on a habitual, like semi-habitual basis? Was this kind of like the first time you got to experience that? This would pretty much be the first time, yeah. Yeah, because like prior to that point, like, you know, I'd been around the community and like, but like I wasn't really like interacting with people. Like I'm not like in a lot of like, you know, the friend group discords that are around. Like I've, I've always been someone who like just kind of like keeps to myself and, you know, maybe I just like, you know, make some doodles on the margins. Like I'll leave like a Mimi SRL comment or I'll change my name on the challenge to the Mariah Carey of LTTP Rando. Uh, like I'm not, <laughs> yeah, but like I'm not like, you know, really interacting with a lot of people until that, you know, first league season. Gotcha. Okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I, cause I hear that a lot with league and that was kind of like where I league season one was kind of where I started meeting people, I guess is a way to put it. Cause otherwise I was just playing. Um, so looking ahead, you know, season three, you guys uh, go eight and six. It's the same exact team. Um, and then uh, after season three, uh, you guys, you made season three or sorry, you did make playoffs again in season three. And that was, uh, I believe the first year where we had the the invitational. Is that is that right? Uh, yep, yeah, that would be the first invitational year. Yeah, I was <laughs> really surprised to make it in the playoffs. I'm not gonna lie. 
But yeah, you guys uh, met up with uh, one team at Kappa and uh, yep. uh, unfortunately ran into the likes of one up Gamma Chu and Fear. Who yeah. Oh, knocked um, you guys out. Yeah. The, like reflecting back on that, like, so yeah, the playoffs, like we played, we played our games really well. I feel like, um, my game with fear, um, you know, fear made a call to go into pendant Eastern early and he got his flute. I decided to skip pendant Eastern and I did not get my flute until I cleared pendant turtle rock. And I think mm-hmm. I was like, other than that flute, like my route was just like really good through that scene. Like, I think I lost by less time than it takes to full clear pendant turtle rock. So that kind of felt bad. And then, um, Jay Meesher, in his game with 1UP, um, he got to GT first. Unfortunately, he needed the hookshot to finish GT. 1UP did not. So, yeah. Oh, no. One yeah. of those deals. Okay. Yeah, so, like, we felt so like we felt really good about, like, how we played. And, you know, the cards just didn't fall our way. And then, like, game three was Hazakiti versus Gamachu. And, like, Hazakiti was up for the challenge. Uh, but, yeah, Game is a really good runner. So, just a little bit overmatched there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, season four, you guys make a little bit of a shake up. You bring in um, Plasma Kappa. So I kind of think I know how uh, in lieu of Hazukitty. So I think I know how this happened, but I wasn't 100 percent sure. I remember hearing that Hazukitty was not going to come back. And I remember hearing like in, in some discord that Kappa was looking for a team and somebody, I don't know who it was, suggested that Kappa reach out to you guys. Is that is that how that worked out? Yeah, so uh, as far as I remember it, uh, so Hazukitty was had some like IRL concerns um, ahead of that season. We weren't sure that she was going to be able to commit for a full season. And we didn't want to be like, you know, left in the lurch in case like, you know, she couldn't make it through the whole season. Like, you know, looking for a third team. Sure, and, like, yeah. Having to, like having to do that mid-season, like that didn't feel really great so um jamie and i are talking like you know we're still kind of keeping to ourselves we don't really know like a ton of people in the community so uh jamie sure posting the looking for a team channel hey we're an invitational team it's me and walsh you know we're looking for a third teammate and i think within like five to ten minutes um he gets a dm from plasma cap and it's like all right we got him this is nice awesome <laughs> like that's what's happened yeah that's that's pretty sick yeah. uh and uh yet again looking you guys make playoffs uh a third time and uh <laughs> you know i mean it's kind of like you know it, i i think making playoffs is it, it's it's hard to say it's not an accomplishment i think it's an amazing accomplishment just because like so many things have to go your way and it's got to go your way for for three different runners throughout the season too instead of just like one or two um but you guys come up against pug trio uh the the likes of solsky futon and uh andy uh those 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 bastards uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no we just got yeah that that was just like uh, we kind of got outplayed like um you know i think we're going to talk about the you know tie that i had with solsky maybe but yeah yeah, that yeah (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna bring that up so you guys tied and i thought i I remember having to review this because i want to say like somebody dunned early or something and then we reviewed it because of the two second rule and then we found out it was an exact tie or something (laughs) (laughs) but uh but no that was like super exciting because you know obviously for scheduling it's a little bit of a nightmare but everybody loves to see a close race everybody you know especially restreams but everybody loves when a tie happens because it's it's definitely something we don't see as many races as we have in in this community we don't see a whole lot of those 
Yeah. Um, and the undercurrent of all that is that I felt awful <laughs> about t- about that because, like, overnight, like, because I finished, like, on the other end of the tie, like, to begin with, like, I finished two seconds behind Solsky and just, like, you know, turning over, like, every mistake I made in that race. Because, like, it was a seed with, like, late hammer, late gloves, late mirror. You had to take a really long connector chain to get your mirror out of Ice Palace without any of those items. And I just remember, like, I really let that seed get to me. And I just kind of, like, you know, tilted a little bit really hard. And there's this, like, moment mm-hmm. halfway through the race where, like, I, I, like, you know, save and quit. And I try to go down to Sanctuary, but I, like, miss. And I go to Link's house instead. So save and quit again. Try to tap down to Sanctuary. Go to Link's house again. And I literally, like, have to just, like, sit still for five seconds. Just say, just breathe. Just don't do that again. Just calm down. Just yeah. try to untilt here. Uh, and, you know, maybe those... I, and I needed those five seconds to salvage a tie, I guess. But also... <laughs> You know, when you look at a race that you lose by two seconds, like, oh, I shouldn't have, you know, taken a breath there, I guess. Sure. (laughs) Well, you know, this kind of goes in line with the whole, like, what I tell when I mentored a couple folks. It's okay to go a little slower because if you go slower and you get it right, it's better than going fast and failing because then it's going to be even longer to, to like, go back. So, like, you know, I, I think maybe the untilting, you know. Uh, you, you know, tilt can really mess you up. And if you could find a way to kind of recenter yourself and then get back into it, that's, yeah. I think that's time well spent. That's, that's better than routing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no. And I definitely have been able to center myself for the next race. Uh, Cause I felt that went reasonably well, but yeah, no, like after that race, like uh, Solsky was real, real cool. Like I remember like he stayed like in the waiting room in SG voice chat for a second to just say, Hey, that was a really fun race. I really enjoyed that. And I'm like, yeah, that was really fun. And like, I remember like, watching it back in the race room and just like because Solsky was like still a little bit behind going to the Ganon fight but like he got this triple on Ganon to kind of like seal the win and I've, I just remember like being in the race room like dude that was sick dude yeah so yeah it, 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 so, he, he's one of the one of the good people like I, he he does have like what you would call a, a persona about him you know especially on yeah. this stream where he may be looking like a heel but he's actually I think one of the one of the best people in the community for sure yeah, he's generally a good dude. Like, yeah, like I've really enjoyed the interactions I've been able to have with him. <laughs> so, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, the rematch happened. You you ended up winning that one. Um, and then, you know, looking ahead, you guys. Just, OK, hang on. Hang on. I, 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 you guys have a trend and I think it's time for you guys to bust out of this trend, maybe in this upcoming season. But you make playoffs and then. A, no, you actually went two rounds yeah, this time. Yeah, we never. Yeah, we, okay. I, we got the monkey off our back last round. But yeah, that was definitely something on my mind uh, heading into the league last season. Uh, yeah, because again, okay. like I mentioned, I'm from Minnesota. I, you know, rooted for Minnesota sports teams. Like, it was really entertaining being my own version of the Timberwolves, just unable to get out of the first round. But it's also like, I'd really like to make it to top eight, please. Can can we do it? But yeah. Yeah. Looking ahead, that monkey does get off our back. <laughs> yeah. When, when when you get to do that, it's like a, a huge, like, sigh of relief, uh, you know, and it's almost like a, a win in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, you guys had great success again. And then, you know, I, I'm assuming you guys are com- planning to come back for season six. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I guess we only said eyes emoji in leaks back in the like uh, group chat, but I think we're I think we're pretty set on coming back. Yeah, I haven't heard anyone say no at least. So <laughs> I'm looking forward uh, to seeing you guys yeah. come back. Uh, so I, I do want to jump ahead here because you had a pretty good showing in uh, trying to find it on the right tab, but a pretty good showing here in 
the the main tournament this year in 2023. Uh, was that I'm assuming that was your best finish as far as any of the main tournaments go? Yes, that's my best finish in any tournament, uh, finishing in the quarterfinals. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me, tell me what that experience was like for you. I mean, I, I haven't played in these where you have to have. Uh, the the massive mode variety as far as the one v one tournaments go, you know, with the five different game modes, uh, you don't have to tell me if you love or hate the modes. If you want to, you can. But uh, like, was was the variety something that kept kept you interested as far as like, uh, you know, keeping things fresh? Yeah, I think all the modes. I think the modes this year were like pretty acceptable. Like, um, I didn't play the tournament the year before just because like. I wasn't really enthused by like the inverted key sanity variant that they had, and like MC Bossomizer just seemed like a really bad time. Uh, but this year, um, when they introduced the Ace and Qualifier, um, I actually didn't really like that a whole ton. Like it kind of it put me off joining the tournament for a little bit. But then I'm just kind of like mm-hmm. chilling at home like one day, and I'm just like, eh, you know, it's good. I can play an async. Uh, so I kind of like play through the modes, and like MC Bossomizer turns out to be not as bad as I thought it was. Um, it's not like, it's still not my favorite mode, but it's definitely something where I kind of appreciate the challenge it presents with the boss fight sometimes, I guess, is where I landed on that. Like, it's really solid, right. like, you know, low B tier, high C tier mode. Like, I don't mind it, is the highest compliment I can give it. Um, <laughs> it's not swordless, I guess, is, a, is probably a way to put it. Yeah, it's not swordless. Um, it's not, like, it's not full atomizer. It's, like, it's night, like... You know, sometimes a Diet Coke is fine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's that's yeah. totally fair. But yeah, no, you had a, a great run um, in brackets. Uh, I, I hopefully I'm saying their name right. Rotsiv, you took them 2-0, uh, met up with Dr. Bowser, took uh, took them 2-1, and then 2-0 uh, Structural Mike, and then uh, took it to three games against Lin Lin Lin. So definitely a, a fantastic showing there. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm really happy with um, how I did, like, that whole tournament, because, like, uh, the Asyncs, I ended up finishing as, like, the, I think the 11th seed um, after that all, after that all shook out, and just, like, seeing my name, like, because, like, I knew that, like, my scores were good. Um, I did, like, I fit, I, like, I was seeing them, like, kind of go down as the tournament progressed, so it's like, okay, well, I know I'm, I didn't think I was going to, like, place quite that high. Like, I figured I was going to be in first quartile, but, like, you know, seeing my name, like, you know, top, you know, one of the top 16 seats, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm okay at this game, I guess. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah it's group- it's kind of validating when you see, like, something you've put time and effort into, and it, even though you know it's a randomizer, like, when you see it pay off, like, on, like, a piece of paper, so to speak, or a Google Doc, it's kind of like, okay, well, I've worked for this, you know, I finally have something to show for it, and... You know, I feel like that's a, a, a well-deserved, like, validation type thing. Yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, something that, you know, like, in, like, undercurrent to all this is that, like, I've been racing for about five years. So, like, yeah, being able to say that, like, I made quarterfinals of, like, you know, the biggest tournament. Like, obviously, there's some people who would be like, okay, well, I really want to win the tournament. So, like, any finish below that is just, like, you know, nothing to me. But, like, I could just kind of approach it like, you know, you don't really know how often you're going to, like, make it that deep into a into a tournament like this and you know i'm fully expecting never to <laughs> like you know pessimism aside like i'm kind of expecting like you know maybe i make it like another couple top 16s or something but like maybe i don't hit top eight or maybe top four so i really want to like you know save right. the moment and just like say yeah i you know put a lot of myself into this i've been you know learning this game you know very gradually over the last five years and it's nice to be able to say that i made you know top eight in a tournament like that just feels like you know more 
of like accomplishment even like oh yeah you know i've won a few weeklies and i'm generally regarded as like a you know good runner like i actually have like a result i can point to and say hey this is kind of cool yeah it's it's like you had you know not only are you good but you, you had you know things go your way a couple times as well yeah um and uh that's one thing where i would say uh, i i kind of like about you and this and maybe it's because of you know like i said you just haven't been on like the pulse of like you know whenever there's drama there there's one name i don't see like in the middle of the cesspool of the conversation and that's that's already walsh so uh at least most times but not that you don't have opinions obviously but um right. <laughs> so like i feel like your your relationship me looking at it uh from the outside your relationship with the game is one of the the healthier ones uh for for folks in this this scene where you know you mentioned say like savoring the moment like being a part of it and just enjoying the ride uh and also being normal where you know you can tell you're a little vested and like you tilt in the middle of a race and you kind of have to reel yourself back in but you power through it and i I just i just want to say i really think that's that's a really healthy way to view it like a lot of people don't really savor the moment or even want to talk about doing that and just say, all right, well, I did this, you know, it's a randomizer. It's a, it's skill plus randomness. So, um, that, that, that I think that's commendable. Yeah. I, I appreciate hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he, and you know, touching on, you know, you saying that I say out of the drama, to be fair, I am reading a lot of it. <laughs> I am very messy and I live for this kind of stuff. Like legitimately like the night, you know, of like, you know, we're talking about this like a couple weeks later, but like the night, you know, everything went down with council. I'm up like, you know, way past my standard bedtime, just like, you know, chilling in the ladder drama channel. Like, oh boy, what did they say in this time? Dude, like, so, I, yeah. I, I was, I, I drank so much that night just out of like frustration. I um, respect that so much. <laughs> like you, you, if anyone's earned that right, like I, and I, I too stayed up well past my bedtime, and um, I I just like I remember going to bed and uh and I don't know if you had this experience but I went to bed and saw people talking and was like okay I'm not gonna check my <laughs> phone anymore and I woke up and the same people were still talking it so, sure was <laughs> I was like what has happened they did not sleep less than I did because I didn't sleep enough. No, some oh, people man. are about like that, and I have so much respect for them. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how they do it. I, I'm getting too old to do that, <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's maybe that's my problem. Oh man, so uh, let, let's let's start wrapping things up here. Um, if you've if you've listened to this before, I've got three questions I like to ask folks, um, and uh, we'll start with number one. What has been your most embarrassing moment in randomizer that you're willing to talk about? I swear. So I've listened to the podcast before. I knew this question was coming and I ha- thought I had an answer picked out, but I'm completely blanking on what, honestly, <laughs> so like we talked about me making top eight, um, in that tournament, top 16, um, the game that I had to clinch it, I just like get so nervous and I take a couple deaths on the, uh, Master Sword Ganon fight that I had to do. And mm. I'm, I'm overlooking or not over, I'm, trying so desperately hard to find a sword because like i could just tell that like my hands were just like not there because yeah like this was like i've been to the top 16 like a few turn few other tournaments like i've made top 16 in the crosskeys bracket the past couple years so like i really wanted to get into top eight and like i was just like feeling the moment like way too hard and so yeah like i just felt really bad like 
knowing that like, you know, it's just because I found the ice rod on Pendant Blind maybe that I won that race. So yeah, that didn't really feel great. Um, <laughs> but you know, you just kind of, I mean, but like, I mean, everyone's taken does, you know, like 2020 Challenge Cup was decided by someone who just kind of lost their nerve on Masters for Ganon. So it's not the first yeah. time it's happened. It's not the last time, but in the moment, it feels like the only time it's ever happened to anyone on earth. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it feels like the whole world's crumbling. And uh, I think I had a conversation with Korek about this. It's like when you when you take a death on Master Sword Ganon, you know, it's already a really long fight. And then because you're educated in the game, you instantly have that that feeling of just I've got to do this all again, plus more. And I just gave away all that time I invested because they're going to done in three seconds now because, I, you know, it's really easy for it to come off the rails. And it's super hard to get it back yeah. on the rails when you get off that Master Sword train. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't like talking about when <laughs> when they make mistakes. So uh, yeah. oh, no. I, I, I made so many like I could honestly like if I'm thinking of it, I could just pick from like, a you know, veritable bevy of just mistakes I've made in races. Um or like, um, actually, that cross key space for slow ski. Like, you know, I've got. I guess that could have been my most embarrassing moment. Was just like failing the at the same quit three consecutive times. Yeah. <laughs> just blame the controller. Like that's yeah. that's the way out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. What you gotta do. <laughs> uh, so, question two: uh, What is your favorite MSU pack if you have one? So with. So I don't really listen to game audio um, when I'm racing. Honestly. Okay. Like, yeah, so I just like plug in the, so I just like, you know, use the vanilla music. I try to remember to unmute SNES, which has not always happened according to SG Setup Helpers. Uh, oh, no. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I try to like unmute them, you know, game audio so that there's something on my stream for people. Um, but like usually I just like have headphones plugged into my desktop so I can like listen to game audio when I have to do my or pod dark. And I'm just listening to licensed music over my phone. Like, you know, I think like my favorite MSU pack is the Wonder Years most recent album that it was, the hum goes on forever. That's what it's called. The hum goes on forever. That's my favorite MSU pack. <laughs> OK, the hum goes on forever. All right. Well, we'll see if we can do something with that. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, I, can, I can respect that. Yeah. Or I guess like I guess like I listen to like all like all kinds of music. Like if you wanted like. I don't know, like maybe the first six seconds of B.O. of Outcast B.O.B., but you, you do what you want. I, I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Perfect. Um, and lastly, uh, if you had to lose all your gaming memories, but you were allowed to keep one of them, which one would you keep and why? OK, so we're going to flash all the way back to um, Halo Night with, you know, the high school friends. Um there's two nights I remember. Um, second, I guess this is the second place, which is going to sound like, you know, kind of bad looking back. But like, you know, second place, um, a friend actually tried to teach me how to play Halo. Like he set up a tent in his backyard and we just like kind of hung out all night and he tried to like give me tips and tricks. I retained none of the information, but I really appreciated the effort. Um, and the second one is a celebration of me being bad because like there was this like I was at a friend's birthday party and I remember this dude. There was this other dude who was like, you know, also kind of like had lackluster halo skills and i remember just like you know dicking around the world map and this guy pulls up in the warthog and he says get in so he just like starts driving like mad i'm just firing wildly into the night I, we're not really doing anything except memeing um eventually we see a hill and we just say okay we're gonna do this hazard jump this let's go Woohoo! and unbeknownst to us behind this hill 
one of my friends had set up like a sniper camp or something and he was oh. just sitting there yeah so our warthog comes crashing down right on top of him and we just hear him scream from the other room like what just happened and that was <laughs> that's literally my favorite moment ever playing a video game it's just like accidentally crushing this dude who was just who was just racking up kills with a sniper rifle i thought that was great it's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic i've had uh, talking about halo man there's there's been so many I used to play it a lot with friends. You know, I wouldn't say I was ever good at it, but uh, there's so many funny, chaotic things happen in that game or, or happened in that game. I'm sure they still do. But uh, but no, that that's that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Walsh, thanks for thanks for coming on. I uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on. This has been an absolute blast. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I was really stoked to get this invite. You know, I've been uh go about podcast day one pretty much um i've been listening to this podcast i think it's a pretty good time and yeah again thank you for having me and to everyone listening on one and a half speed i'm so sorry i know how i talk it's it's gonna be a rough one it was a rough one for you guys but you made it thank you <laughs> uh anything anything you want to plug uh anything uh, like social media or 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 just follow you on twitch um I'm on Twitch, uh, Artie Walsh V, kind of like how it's spelled in this title. Um, I'm on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days, um, Artie Walsh V. Um, yeah, those are going to be the two main places you can find me. Awesome. Well, this has been Artie Walsh on the Spoiler Log. Once again, a huge thanks to Artie Walsh for coming on to the Spoiler Log. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to his story. Next week... The plan is to release another episode. I will be out of town this weekend, hoping, since I'm going to a gaming event, that I don't get sick. But in the case that I do and don't get time to edit this, maybe we push it off a week. But the plan is next week. We're going to have Jim on the show. It took a little bit of convincing to get Jim to come on, but I think it was a great time. I had a great time talking to him, and I hope you guys are going to be enjoying that next episode. Until then... You guys take care. We'll see you guys on the next one.